I can kill you with my brain. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot believe it took us this long to get to this one. It, <laughs> holy cow! This was I. This seemed like hero talk fodder, and I've been talking about it for years, years, and we're finally here. Hey there, enthusiasts! Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, I have the Black Dragon, Vernon, and Goose. Guys, welcome back to Hero Talk. Thank you. Pleasure as always. And if you couldn't figure out from that absolutely horrendous shtick I did at the beginning of the show, today's topic is Firefly. Now, before we get too further, I need to point out, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. Nothing is off the table. Everything is fair game. You've been warned. And before we go any further, there's there's also something else I need to address. This is a Hero Talk on Firefly. Only on Firefly, not on Serenity. We're not going to talk about Serenity. We're not going to talk about things that eventually happen in Serenity. Anything that happened in Serenity doesn't count, because it was Serenity and not Firefly. And I hate Serenity. I dislike it. We're not talking about Serenity. Are we clear on this, gentlemen? We are not talking Serenity. Can we talk about the online game? Was there an online game? Firefly <laughs> Online. You know what? No. No, we're not. No. Let's, <laughs> okay. let's just put it out there. We're not. We're not. We're talking about Firefly. None of the comic books. None of the other stuff. I don't want to talk about it. I don't like what they've done with the story. We're talking only about the show itself that was uh, horribly and famously canceled before it really had a chance to, to take hold. And I suppose there's something else we really we need to address. So can, can I get serious here for a moment, guys? Please. Please do. All right. So... Very recently, in 2016, uh, Ron Glass passed away, who was very famously known for playing Shepard Book uh, on the series Firefly and in the movie That Shall Not Be Named. And I've, I don't like doing tribute episodes of Hero Talk. I don't. Uh, especially because in 2016, if I had to do a tribute episode for every celebrity who passed, there would not be any normal episodes of Hero Talk. They would all be tribute episodes. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So I, I don't like doing them. I, I really dislike it. And uh, on occasion, I will try to do something to maybe pay homage to an actor who has passed. But I the, the reason I don't is because I it, it immediately becomes some sort of hierarchy. Because if I do this person, then I have to think, well, I need to do all the people above them. And then I need to judge all the other people who pass and decide whether or not they were below, you know, like... I don't want to try to prioritize the impact of these people and their career upon their death. That's just in poor taste. So in general, I don't do it unless I am specifically asked or if the the opportunity presents itself. And this is almost the third time that we've had it happen. So we did it for Bob Hoskins, but in in that case, I had actually we had just recorded the Who Framed Roger Rabbit one. It was already it was already in the can, and then Bob Hoskins passed away, and it was necessary at that point to try to at least address the the context under which it was recorded. That you know we did this first, then this other thing happened, and that's you know you, why you'll find it, because at that point the lack of any mention of it would have become a distraction. Mm -hmm. And then next up was with Leonard Nimoy. We actually did dedicated an entire episode uh, to Leonard Nimoy, and I did that because, well, I wasn't a huge Leonard Nimoy fan, a lot of people on the Enthusiacs were, and I was specifically asked if we could do a Leonard Nimoy tribute episode, 
And if I'm specifically asked, I'm not going to say no. So, well, I will not myself decide who gets and who does not get one. If somebody asks me to, to do one, I, I will absolutely do it. That's not a problem. And to a lesser extent, we almost, we talked about Robin Williams when we did Hook. And I feel bad because I don't feel like we've, we've really truly done a good tribute to Robin Williams. And I would say of, as much as I just said I hate to do this, of all the celebrities that have passed in, in the last few years, Robin Williams probably affected me the hardest. Mm. And now, and now we come to, to Ron Glass. Uh, and this is, again, this is a character who I, he was my favorite character on the show. I, we found that he passed around the same time I was really looking to, to do a, a hero talk on Firefly, and the suggestion came to do it. Here we are, and I'm sorry that took so long to get out, and I'll try to cut it down and post a little bit, but here we are. We're, we're doing the hero talk. Uh, and this will, this will stand as sort of a, a tribute to Ron Glass, but just because it worked out that way. All right. Well, was that serious enough for you guys? I am tense. Yeah. Should I like put some like dramatic music behind that when I, when I think I, so. When I edit it. Some, some strings would be, <laughs> yeah, would be nice. Like a violin or something. To punctuate it. It's, it's really important at the beginning of a hero talk to kill the mood and set the tone <laughs> really, really dark. I think that's, you know, because people want to listen because they want to hear the funny stories and all of all of the jovial back and forth. So it's extremely important right at the very beginning of that to absolutely kill that that mood and to just raise the tension level up to uncomfortable. I think, and I think we've accomplished that. All right, so Firefly. <laughs> oh boy, I hope some of that audio is usable. Firefly. So this show, uh, it came out in 2002. It never, ever had a chance to really succeed. I mean, we're talking the show, it, it had a horrible time slot. It was on Friday night. It. Oh, yeah, the death slot. And then it didn't, like, the episodes didn't premiere in order. I don't know if you do that. Like, they premiered out of order. I think the, the train robbery was the first one that actually showed. So, yeah, the, really? train, the train job was the, the first episode that they showed on TV. And then, then they went through, like, uh, I think they did the train job... Uh, if, you, if you look, there's somewhere you can actually find it, and I want to say it was like this is the train job, and then they jumped like to our Mrs. Reynolds, and that was only like the third episode they showed, and then That's the, so weird. yeah, Mrs. Reynolds Janestown, and so the show premiered. It premiered in September, and I want to say it was almost de- December, like close to Christmas, before they finally showed the pilot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I just thought a couple of the of the remaining episodes, the you know the ones that were unaired, and then like the last two or three were the ones that were shown out of order. I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, it was it was way out of order, and it was. I mean, it really it helped kill the show when there's no universal voice to the show like that. When when you you do something that extreme. So and I'm I'm gonna make a confession here. I uh I was one of those people who knew of the show during its initial run. Because most people find out about the show uh, just through the cult following it has, and then we'll we'll find it on either DVD or Blu-ray. Is it on Blu-ray? I'm assuming it's on Blu-ray, or it's on I'm Netflix. Not sure. Yeah, yeah, Netflix is where I've been watching it. Yeah. So I, but I was aware of the show, and I remember being told specifically, and I, the show had been on for quite a few episodes at that point. So this would have been summer of 2003. I kept being told, you really need to watch this show. Oh, this is a great show. You should really be watching this show. It's it's a space western, and it's very well done. But I, I never did. I kind of blew it off, and I said, yeah, space west, space western. That uh, that sounds dumb. 
And so that was that was sort of my take on it, and that was it. And I blew off the show, and I never paid it mind until uh, I I started to think about it again when that movie that shall not be named came out, and somebody had mentioned that it was uh, it was allegedly a continuation of Firefly. And that was when I finally actually made it a point to try to see the show. And even then, I don't think I actually watched the show. I, it, it got on my, I guess, on my quote-unquote list of things I wanted to see if I ever got my hands on them. But I didn't even watch it until probably 2007, 2008. Uh, I, w- I used my... <laughs> oh, boy. We're about to drop this reference. I used my Blockbuster.com <laughs> subscription to order ah. the DVDs. And that's how I watched the show. Um oh. <laughs> blockbuster.com what a throwback oh yeah you know that was a good service when you could actually like take the movie and bring it to a blockbuster and then get a free rental with your with your your send back movie oh i didn't know all that yeah they there was that was great and then they cut that service back to you could only do that twice a month and then you couldn't do that at all it was only a discount i don't remember that i think then it became a part of your like subscription package because they were losing money, and then the Blockbuster stores started closing, so you couldn't even take it anywhere anymore because there were no more stores because they all kept shutting down. And then Netflix came out with a little something called online streaming, and that's when I jumped ship. And, well, I think we all know how that story ends. It's all its all your fault. You're, you're part of the destruction of Firefly because you didn't watch it when it was originally running, yep. and you're responsible for Blockbuster collapsing. One of those I'm sad about. One of those I don't mind. <laughs> so, I mean, that's how I found out about it. And, and everyone's got their own little story, I'm hoping, because I'm about to ask you. So, Vernon, when did you first hear about Firefly? Oh, boy. Um, when the movie That Shall Not Be Named was coming out, um, my dad was actually into Firefly, and he wanted to see the movie. Um, so he, we watched uh, Firefly together. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, it's hilarious and it's like dark when it needs to be. And so, yeah, when the, when the movie that shall not be named was coming out, I watched the entirety of Firefly and bought it on DVD, lost the DVDs. And now we have it on Netflix. Mm -hmm. The thing I like the DVDs better because Netflix, uh, they put in that like previously on Firefly and Mm. I feel like they put the previously on Fireflies in in um based on the order in which they were on TV and not the order in which they actually came out because I swear there was a previously on Firefly which showed something that happened in a future episode. Yeah, I'm looking at the original air dates now and the pilot actually aired last. Did it really? Dead last and then they released the like the unaired episodes later. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so they went from episodes 1 to 10 but in a jumbled order. And the last one, yeah, December 20th, anything else? No, that that's it. December 20th, 2002, Serenity, the first episode was aired, like, dead last. I don't understand that at all. Well, they really shot that show I, in the foot from the get-go. But I thought, no like, kidding. I thought episodes were still coming out in 2003. It was summer 2003 when somebody told me I needed to watch the show. And that's when, it was, like, July of 2003 when they actually brought it back. But they hadn't aired episodes since December. Okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. That's oh. yeah, they they screwed this show over. Oh, that makes more so so it was coming back and somebody was trying to drum up some interest in it so that it would, you know, stay back. I and, guess. Yeah, and apparently so I I I shot that in the foot by not paying the slightest bit of attention. <laughs> See, it's solely your fault. It's Fox's fault. Fox is known for this. I I I could list so many shows that were 
great shows that Fox canceled after a season or half a season or, or like maybe the second season was really starting to get its footing and Fox just decided no. I mean, Sarah Connor Chronicles, Dollhouse, Andy Richter controls the universe. There's a list. Fox was is it Alphas. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Was Alphas on on Fox? I thought that was Sci-Fi. You know what? I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it could have been Sci-Fi. My bad. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Goose, how did you hear about Firefly? Actually, I didn't even know Firefly existed until one day um, Siren and Vernon and I were talking, and they brought it up to me. This would have been 2014, mm-hmm. and I just immediately binge watched it and realized I had been missing out on great television. And then I got horribly upset because it was canceled. I was like, "Wait a minute, that's it? No, this can't be how this ends." Yeah. And, and then, of course, we saw that which shall not be named, and well, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, um, I actually once knew a person who had seen the movie that shall not be named, but had never even heard of Firefly. Oh, so they went in like blind; they didn't know yeah. anything about it. I envy that person. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the ideal. Like when you say, "Oh, did you see this movie?" Yeah, like, "Oh yeah, well, I liked Firefly better." What's Firefly? Like, oh, I wish I could watch this show through your eyes. <laughs> But I always I, I kind of wondered, you know, how the movie would have stood on its own, because I, I didn't until I met that person. I'd never known a person who didn't come to the other movie via Firefly. But anyway, so let's we, let's talk about, about the movie now. We are not talking about the movie. So let's talk about the show. Uh, so, I mean, the overall we're just going to give you the backstory. We can't go through the whole story. Actually, there was only like 13 episodes. We probably could, but we're not going to try. So it takes place, it's like 2517, and Earth gets used up, I guess. That's what they say. Uh, so everybody just, they leave and they terraform this new... Now, Mal says they terraformed a new galaxy of Earths, uh, but Shepard says that they terraformed a new solar system. And so I'm not sure which one to believe, bearing in mind that the establishing scene in that movie that would shall not be named doesn't count, because the movie doesn't count for lore in terms of hero talk. <laughs> But uh, I'm willing to believe Shepard more than Mal, just because Mal seems like the kind of guy who wouldn't bother to get that piece of information right. And given that Shepard is a very well-connected man, it was probably more accurate that he probably figured out what actually went on and said the correct thing to the microphone as he was narrating the show. That makes sense. Yeah. So can we just point out how lucky they are to have found a a solar system that had so many planets and moons just all in the Goldilocks zone? I mean, I'm pretty sure they sent out, like, surveys or something to, yeah. to scout this out. I mean, I don't think they just, like, they just went into the universe blind and then just stumbled upon a planet. Or well, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they, they looked ahead of time, but, like, just the the, the sheer, I, I almost said serenity, but um, ah. <laughs> serendipity of being able to send something out. And I mean, because thinking about it, in our current solar system that supports life, we have one planet that's in the Goldilocks zone. Maybe two, maybe Mars, but essentially just Earth. Whereas okay. in in the in the Firefly universe, I I've haven't bothered to count how many they mention, but there's enough that they can go that there are central core planets and outer planets, and they include moons. Anything that was able to be terraformed was terraformed, but there's more than one place people could go, and it, it definitely seemed very fortuitous. But I mean, it sets up a nice. The whole point of this this show is is a it's supposed to be a metaphor or an analogy of the post-Civil War America. Now, there are some problems with that analogy that kind of make it a little hard to relate to in that, bearing in mind that if you want me to get behind characters, you know, you can't make them the 
Confederate States analogy troopers because I'm going to have a hard time seeing the world through their eyes and feeling bad for them. I guess. I mean, I always I, I kind of I got the, the the symmetry and everything, but I didn't see them as that. I felt like they they explained like what they what the brown coats wanted in the war and that they were just like they just wanted to maintain their independence. They didn't want to join you know some some union i didn't hear anything i don't remember anything about like them talking about like being jerks and i don't know keeping slaves or something i think it was more about independence yeah but i mean then again let i'm sure there were people back in the 1800s who were saying the exact same thing but wearing gray coats yeah yeah okay i'm just i'm just saying it was it's when you draw such a heavy parallel it's it's hard for you to take the people who are supposed to be the the analogous rebel troops and saying these are your heroes because I'm looking and thinking like but I don't like what they represent. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, you know what I I mean you understand the feeling though I see that when I like you have you have put me in a world where I have instinctually identified with the alliance just based on the socio-political setting you've given me. Mm-hmm. So it was it was kind of hard to then see everyone else and see these other characters and get behind them and see the Alliance as the big bad. Also, at the same time I was watching the show, I was playing Mass Effect, and the Alliance <laughs> were the good guys. And so once again, I am now, I've like realigned this to show, and I'm like, but I thought the Alliance were the good guys. Now, I granted, I, I like that they give you a future... Where it's not this utopian, happy, you know, oh, we have space travel and we've also solved all of Earth's problems. Like, we, there are still a lot of problems out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Mal that one time came up against a Krogan and, I mean, I don't, I didn't think we were going to see the end of that episode. <sighs> I take the opportunities where I can get them. <laughs> I'm, I immediately regret dropping a Mass Effect reference in this podcast. I can literally hear Greg's head shaking. Good, <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, I, it was it, it was difficult for me to see them as the hero. I mean, now it helped when the Alliance started showing up, and it turned out they were all jerks. Literally, all of them were jerks. Which I, I mean, it helps sell your universe, but it's not super realistic. But I mean, it, for, for what you have to do, that's what that's what it was. So you, you do eventually come to dislike the alliance again because while the alliance might have been the analogous with the United States, they also were in charge of experimenting on on little girls. And it's very easy to make me not like a person if they start torturing children. That's a very oh, quick quick route. So it, it was it was it was a short trip to get me to dislike the alliance considerably. So and that's the thing to consider too is that the entire galaxy of these human beings are jerks. Mm-hmm. Just like there's there's really no real good guy in this. They're all jerks. A shepherd book's a good guy, but with a jaded past. Okay. Um. Oh, uh, who didn't turn it off? Vernon, was that you again? Continue. Ah. <laughs> uh... Don't worry about what I'm doing. <laughs> what are you? You you want you want you you in the enthusiast chat room right now? Is that what's going on? No. Am I gonna pull up my phone and see your little see your little comments in there? All right. I'm just gonna leave comments now just so just to mess with you. <laughs> um. No, but yeah. To your point, yeah. It's yeah. I guess it's hard. Uh, Kaylee. Kaylee's a nice person. <sighs> yeah. Kaylee's awesome. It's it's hard to dislike Kaylee. Even when she's she, such a sweetheart, she gets the job by you know getting on with that idiot guy. But uh, you know what? And it bothered me at first, and then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Good for her. Good for her. Whatever, whatever does it for you. 
I mean, who who am I she to got, sit there and she say got on no. by getting it on? You know, but she likes engines. Somebody was there. What am I going to hold it against her because she took advantage of an opportunity? I think that was her plan all along. I don't. She, I don't, she is not. Ship. She is not a conniving. No, there's no way. That hey, just, that was I'm that was an opportunity. To... <laughs> don't you don't try to turn anyone against Kaylee. <laughs> she is a wonderful, wonderful person. Everybody in this universe is just a jerk. So well, then Kaylee's River. Be somehow. I mean, River is almost perpetually. Uh, she's a victim in. In every conceivable, uh, yeah, I mean, River is a victim. Anything that she does wrong is a result of the instability that was caused to her by the torture that she endured when she was held by the Alliance. So we've got River and Kaylee as sympathetic characters. Um, you know, the sheriff from the train job, he was, he wasn't bad. I guess. Now, <laughs> it's disproving my earlier point. I'm sorry. <laughs> you shouldn't have made the point. when You know I'm going to try to figure out who, who actually could be a good pe- people, but... All right. It's so, called coming up with counterpoint. <laughs> all right. Um, so, I, let's just talk about the cast, because I, I feel like if we just don't get there, we're, we're not going to get there. So, we're, let's talk about the main cast and maybe some of the supporting cast, but we're not going to go too deep into, into every single person who ever showed up. So, we're going to say they need to have appeared in more than one episode for us to talk about them, with the exception of Jubal Early, because he was just awesome. I mean, then we have to talk about Badger. Yeah, Badger's been on twice. We'll talk about Badger. But first, uh, Captain Mal Reynolds was Nathan Fillion who's, I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. Most people know him these days from Castle. Mm. Uh, <sighs> May it rest in peace. Yeah, poor Castle. Thank goodness it ended, though. It was just going on forever. It seemed, wasn't that show on for like some seven or eight years? You can't you can't feel too bad when you have that kind of a run. Yeah, they were. I think they were going into like their ninth season, and then just the, the main actress left, and then everything else fell apart. Okay. Um yeah, he's done uh, lots of voice work. He was in Halo. Uh I believe he was on a he got his start in a soap opera. He was uh he was an English major, a something major in college, and then he actually made a, a big break on uh on a soap opera. And I'm trying to think if I can remember which one it is, and I'm I'm not even going to bother looking it up, so we're just going to leave it there. Um and so he he left school to act, then he uh he was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think he was the big bad for one of the seasons. Was he the one who took uh, that guy's eye out? Nope. Never Anybody? never saw the show. <laughs> I have seen a handful of episodes, and he looked a little familiar to me. Um, oh, that, um, the, what's the, what's the show here? Ordeal in the Arctic? One Life to Live. There we go. One Life to Live. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because he was on he uh he played an adult version of a of a, a child's character when he was on that show. So like there was a child who like left the show and then they wanted to bring the kid back as an adult. So he played the adult version of somebody who was a child like way back in the eighties. I he did an interview. So that's, that's how I know the stuff. He was Captain Hammer in Doctor Horrible's Sing Along Vlog. Oh yeah, and he'd been in a, in, a, in a ton of stuff. Uh, I like him. I mean, it's it seems like. When they when they came up with the idea of this character, somebody just sat down and they said, "All right, how do we describe him?" And somebody wrote Han Solo on a piece of paper and slid it across the table. And Joss Whedon read it and said, "All right, perfect. Let's go find Han Solo-ish guy." <laughs> and there he was. I mean, I he's mean, he, yeah, I'm right. He yeah, I I can see that. I never thought about it like that. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see Han Solo. Yeah, I've always described him as Han Solo meets Nathan Drake myself. <laughs> Yeah. Damn, it's even well, better. Yeah, although Nathan Drake, I think, was based on Nathan Fillion and not the other way around. 
I believe so. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, so that's Nathan Fillion as Mal Reynolds. Mal was uh, was a sergeant in the in the Civil War or the Unification War, whatever they called it. I called it the Civil War, so that's what they would have. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Unification War, doubling as the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. So he was a sergeant in the Civil War, and then I mean, when when we start the show, bearing in mind in the actual order these episodes should have been shown in, we we see him lose the Battle of Serenity Valley, uh, and what and something that was kind of a key point, and I didn't catch it until maybe the second or third time I viewed is. They they give you enough peeks into his character to show he was a, a very devoutly religious person back during that battle, which is important because we see especially when Shepard Book comes on board and and the just the the conflict that comes from that is that he it's heavily implied that because they lost that battle he ended up uh becoming he turned I guess turned away I don't know how to describe it he, he turned away from his religion kind of yeah. lost faith and I guess fighting for what he believed in almost yeah i mean it's almost at that point he wasn't fighting for something else he was just kind of a little bit more looking towards himself uh i mean it creates conflict because you know you need conflict for a show like that but it was just it was a little it, it was it was a little thing that i never noticed the first time i was watching until i a subsequent feeling I'm like what does he keep doing and he has a cross that he's kissing because he thinks it's gonna bring him luck i guess but i thought that was an, an interesting addition to the character just so you can kind of see like what a, a shift in his personality what a, a shift in 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 himself that he had as a result of the the loss of the battle of serenity valley well maybe he can still be redeemed from that special place in hell yeah i mean he's already going to the special hell so there's there's no way out of that <laughs> what did he say reserved for people who talk in the movie theater or reserved for yeah for people who talk in the theater <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Shepard. All right, so next up, we got uh, Zoe, played by Gina Torres. Now, the first time I remember Gina Torres was in Hercules, The Legendary Journeys. Yes. Oh, yeah. And she uh, she played, uh, what was that character's name? Nebula. Nebula, thank you. She played Nebula, who was a pirate who had a thing for Yolis, and she was in uh, a handful of episodes. Uh, she also she was involved in the episode during the weird season where they like tried to branch off into some of the the other um, mytho- mythological pantheons and he, yeah I'm just I'm I'm struggling as I try to remember uh, Dayhawk that's where he came into being I think that was oh and then she ended up showing up on Xena and I think she played Cleopatra on Xena in a few episodes I believe so yeah mm-hmm. and, she's, and I know her from Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. Which came which after uh, Hercules and Xena, uh, yep. they were trying to replace those shows. I think they were trying to replace Hercules. Xena was still on, and they had it was called the Action Hour or something. And so you had yeah. so you had Bruce Campbell starring in Jack of All Trades, and then Zoe uh, I said Zoe, <laughs> Gina Torres starring in Cleopatra twenty five twenty five, and then they canceled Jack of All Trades, and they made Cleopatra twenty five twenty five an hour long, and it never really quite recovered from that shift although it was it was a good show i actually quite like the show yeah and we're not going to walk through her whole career she was on angel uh, after firefly she's done uh, a ton of voice work um she's voiced a lot of people who that you've probably probably heard of uh she was vixen in the justice league Uh, i think she's voiced wonder woman before she voiced superwoman in the uh the crisis on two earths movie um says here she was in the matrix movies I I saw that yeah she was um she was in Zion she was 
I can't remember the character's wife. Oh, the wife's sister. Oh, the wife's sister. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was trying to recall them. Yeah, she was... She, But yeah, she was definitely in those movies, too. She was in Suits most recently, uh, which I've been told I should watch, but I'm not going to watch. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what else to say. She was in Westworld, which I keep hearing people say really they really like, but... Yeah, I gotta start watching that show. Yeah, Vernon, she was a voice in Star Wars Rebels. I never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you watched that show. No, that was that was uh, Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. He has a review of season one of Star Wars Rebels on Enthusiasts.com. Yeah, so there you go. So anyway, yeah, she's so she's done a ton of stuff. I actually quite like her as an actress, so I was really excited when she was in the show because she's somebody who I was a, I was a big fan of her work ever since Hercules and then Xena and then of course Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. So, um, all right, moving on, we have Wash. Oh, Wash. Poor Wash. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. The Wash is the pilot, played by Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk, he's one of those guys where it's like, you know him from so much stuff, yet, like, it's very hard to point to the one thing that he was really good in. You know, I don't... Yeah, I I, I need to see him... I need to see his face in something, because I know I've seen him a lot. Um, I need to watch his show Con Man too, because that I hear uh, that's really good. Like good. Yeah, uh, the 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 immediately when I when I see him, and I know that this was was not that long ago, but I immediately think of uh, I think it was Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah, he was in that, and he was very good in that. He was uh, he played uh, I believe he was the Duke of Weselton in Frozen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I dropped a Frozen reference in there. I'm pretty sure we need to take a shot now, but. Um, he was King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. He was he was the robot in iRobot. Oh, yeah. Um, Sonny. Sonny, yeah. Thank you. I was blanking on the name there. But, yeah, he was the robot, in I, which is really weird when you watch... Because uh, you see the man, and you don't think, well, this is a blockbuster action movie hero right here. But, yeah, he was in that. I want to say he voiced Superman in something. In one Justice of the Justice League War. Okay, I knew it was one of the frozen or one of the. Sorry, <laughs> I said frozen. Take another shot. Okay, it was in one of the director to video Justice League movies, but I couldn't think of which one. Uh, he was wasn't he in Young Justice? Shout out to the last hero talk. Didn't we just mention he was um Green Arrow, right? Uh, yes, yes, and actually, <laughs> yeah, he was uh, Oliver Queen, Green Arrow. Yeah, uh, si- <laughs> Simon and Captain Cold. Oh, oh, he played a ton of people. That's uh. We really, I really should have been more on that, given that in in real time, that was only a couple of days ago we recorded that. <laughs> it's all good. Sorry, um, I've been a recording weird... a lot of Hero Talks lately. I'm a little little fuzzy. He did a weird um, role in Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Like he was a driver, but like he was also psycho and just punched a lady in the face, and it was hilarious. But <laughs> it was just weird. Like it's weird to see him there. Huh? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually see that one. I gave up on the Transformers movies. Well, yeah, I'm in the just, same boat as Greg on that one. <laughs> just if you, if you, I think the it's this. There should be scenes on like YouTube or whatever, and just like Alan Tudyk and Transformers. I'm I'm pretty sure you can find it, but like he goes nuts in this bar and just I, I don't get it. It didn't really add anything to the movie. Yeah. So well, he's a he is what they call a character actor, and he was phenomenal in this show, and I liked him quite a bit. All right. Yeah. So I guess I want to move. I want to talk about Jane now. So you have Adam Baldwin, and the funny thing about this is when you see Adam Baldwin and Nathan Fillion together, is that at different points of time, both of them have voiced Green Lantern. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yep. 
Uh, so Adam Baldwin, he he very very briefly in in the Justice League cartoon uh, had a cameo as the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. It was this weird show where like the timeline kept getting altered, so things kept changing. And so one episode, all of a sudden mid episode, John Stewart shifts and like morphs into yeah, into Hal yeah. Jordan. It was voiced by Nathan Fillion, and it was great because the character just said, Hal Jordan, I'm up to speed, let's continue. And then he, <laughs> he just, I mean, that was it. He's just like, I'm already up to speed. I, I know what's going on. Don't have to, don't have to inform me. And then about two to three minutes later in episode, he just shifts right back into Jon Stewart, and that was it. That's the end of Hal Jordan. And uh, Young Justice reference, he was also the voice of Parasite. He was the voice of Parasite in Young Justice. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of Superman in, uh, I want to say, The Death of Superman direct-to-video i believe so uh, yeah yeah i never saw that one and i think he voiced superman in one of the video games but i i i don't really yeah it was so Su- superman doomsday is what it was called and he voiced superman in that oh yeah okay okay uh dc universe online is where he also played superman That's and right bringing it back to the universe mass effect 2 he played cal Rieger. oh boy we're gonna be talking about mass effect this whole <laughs> podcast aren't we Lovely. and he's also in halo is he in Halo? Who was he in Halo? Uh, in Halo 3, he voiced a couple of Marines, but in Halo 3 ODST, he was like a specific character uh, called Dutch. Huh. Well, I guess I missed that one. It's all good. IMDB is a great thing. Yeah, it is a great thing. Didn't he show up on Castle? I don't know. I, I know thought, Gina Torres did. I thought at one point in time, everyone from Firefly has been on Castle. That's a good point. We'll have to investigate that. I know that, ironically, he was the bad guy on Angel the season directly after Gina Torres was the bad That's guy on right. Angel. That's right. He was. He was uh, it was when they were all at the Wolf Room and Hart, the law studio, and he was like, he, he came in the second half of the last season, and then he and Angel had this big knockdown drag-out fight in the last episode. Yep. Wow. So, Looks like a lot of the cast members have uh, Buffy and Castle credits. Well, because of Joss Whedon. Ah, uh, Yes. Yeah, so Joss Whedon, I guess we should probably talk about this guy since he was the creator of the show. He, uh, I'm not one of those people who just immediately thinks that everything that Joss Whedon does is gold. And there are those people out there. And uh, that, that is not, nor will that ever be me. But I will say that when he is, when he is on point, he's on point. He's, he's one of those, like, he can miss the, the mark a little bit sometimes. And, I mean, there are times I've seen that happen. I think was didn't he was the director of uh, the Avengers too, right? That he was, but that wasn't yeah. his fault though. I, how that, was that, that not his entire, fault? It wasn't entirely his fault because they, you know, the, the studio was meddling and things like that. They told him to put stuff in and told him he couldn't do things, so it was very rigid and things like that. It's one of the reasons that he uh, withdrew from directing Infinity War and quit the internet entirely. He quit the internet? Oh man, people were harassing him like crazy. Oh well. All right. I, trust me, you don't have to justify quitting the internet sometimes. You just got to say, like, have you seen the internet? <laughs> Anytime I meet someone who tries to tell me Josh Whedon can do no wrong, I only have two words for them. Alien Resurrection. Oh, that was him? That was him? He wrote that, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Josh Whedon does not have a perfect record. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. All right. So moving on in the cast, uh, let's talk about Anara who was played by Marina Baccarin. Inara was a companion. Her clientele was always, like, very high-end, like, they were ambassadors or they were magistrates or, I mean, people of, of prominence, but... Vegas, not Reno, is what we're saying here. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Okay. I was going to say <laughs> the Vatican, but then I realized how awful that was, and I was not going to say it. <laughs> 
I was just trying to think of a place like, well, the Vatican's got, like, streets of gold and golden arches and stuff, and, like, so that conveyed the right level of prestige, and I'm like, but it's where the Pope lives, and the clergy, that's just the implications of that statement were just going to be well beyond what I wanted to say. But and I said it anyway, so oops. Okay. <laughs> well, talking about her role, she does seem to have a decent amount of DC work. Uh Talia Al Ghul and Son of Batman and Batman Bad Blood. She's Leslie um, Tompkins in Gotham. Yeah, but who watches Gotham? Um she is in the Flash. Uh, voice of Gideon. I who, haven't seen who that. Who is she in yet. Oh Gideon. Gideon's uh have you watched any of Flash? I've seen about seven episodes in the first season. The Gideon is the the voice in the in the room, and I'm not going to spoil it for you. So if you don't know the voice in the room, then you won't understand that reference. But as soon as you see the room and hear the voice, you'll know what I mean. Okay, got it. Um, well, yeah, done a lot of DC work. Um, yeah. Oh, she was in Deadpool. Oh, right, she was his girlfriend. Yeah, she was his girlfriend in Deadpool. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Uh, I mean, I suppose she's been in a ton of stuff because you know she's been working in in hollywood for quite a few years now um her opening her first role was back in 2001 so she got firefly fairly early in her career yeah showed promise did, yeah. did a good job in this show mm-hmm. did we mention she was black canary in uh justice league we have now what yeah how did i miss oh my god that's awesome we just yeah, blew Vernon's mind yeah she has a lot of comic book cred in in her in her back catalog Seriously, I didn't even recognize it. I mean, given the amount of research that goes into some of these roles, she probably knows more about comic books than most of us. I mean, I believe it. I wouldn't take it away from her. But uh, I, I liked her in this. I think it's... What, what I really admire about how she performed the role is that Inara has to sort of be in a class above the other characters that she's with. You know, and it, it's hard to pull off when you figure, like, the actors they're pulling are all from the same, you know, elevated, higher level gene pool than the the normal scrubs of humanity anyway i'm being facetious right now for people who don't understand <laughs> but you know she she has to play the role like she's she's better and she has to hold herself in in a in just a, a whole different way that other people really can't you know like she has to she's almost geisha like i guess i would describe it has to hold some respectability to her all right, so anyway, uh, who's left? Kaylee, played by Jewel State. I actually met Jewel State once. It was very briefly at, uh, I think, New York Comic Con, I want to say. And you know what? She is an absolute delight. I believe it. That makes sense. She looks like a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, uh, I, I, that's it. No, she was just a really delightful person to talk to. She was very cheery. She had a nice smile. And she smiled the whole time, dealing with everyone at Comic Con. And I've been to Comic Cons, trust me. It's very hard to smile with dealing with some of these people. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. So, good for her. So, she did Firefly. Um, afterwards, she went on to Stargate Atlantis, and I believe she was on that series as well. Yeah, wasn't she like a... I think she was like a scientist or something. I, I've i only seen an episode or two of that, so that sounds right. Bearing in mind, I would have seen it before Firefly, so you're, it's, it's this weird reverse rem- remembering for me. She's been in a she's been in a movie called The Christmas Ornament, which I'm just gonna go ahead and put ten dollars on the table right now and say that was on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Sounds like something the Hallmark Channel would have. It is on the Hallmark Channel, yes. <laughs> there we go. Um, I think she had a guest spot on Castle, cause so did everyone. No, no, I'm not seeing Castle here. Right, let me check. Yeah, she was on Fine, Castle. Don't take my word for it. Well, she was on Castle. It's like when? The, it's like the fourth one down on her IMDb page. Oh, shoot. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. She's also on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> How to plan an orgy in a small town. 
That's her most recent movie. Huh. Well? Huh. What the hell? <laughs> Who was she in Legends of Tomorrow? I watched that show. She is Dr. Bryce. Dr. Epi- episode Progeny. Huh. Yeah, I've seen that episode, I think. Mm-hmm. What, what, was that this season or last season? I can I cannot remember. Her. I don't know. You're... Let me go in. Let me go into the to the episode list then. Keep it's talking. 2016. Yeah. Uh, I cannot think of who she is. And and I progeny. No, because that was that was last season. I want to say episode ten of season one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I have no memory of her. Oh wow. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jewel State. I didn't recognize you. I apologize. That's bad. Okay. All right. Get thrown off All right. We got. We got to. We, we got to speed up. We are taking way too long on the cast. Uh. So next is Sean Maher. Mayer. Sean Mayer. Sure. We'll go with that. Sean Mayer as Simon. He was the doctor. He was all stuck up and and snooty. And uh, wasn't he in the Hunger Games? Didn't he play the games master? Did he? I thought so. I've only seen the first one. Uh, let yeah, me... I, th- I thought that was him with the with the beard. Was that not him? Am I thinking of somebody completely different? I do. I do believe that's him. What? I'm... Hunger Games. How did what? I miss that? I saw what? that movie. When did that movie come out? I'm looking for it. I'm trying to see if it's in his IMDb. It's not in his uh his Wikipedia. Uh, I'm not seeing it here. Wow. We, we might have just screwed no, the pooch. No, no, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that was uh that was Sean Mayer. Oh, who was that? I don't know. Well, now now it's our mission to find out who that was. <laughs> Some guy, Hunger Games. All right. Riveting radio. Right? Oh, Wes Bentley. Wes Bentley. That's who I was thinking of. He did play Nightwing in both Batman vs. Robin and Son of Batman, the DC animated movies. Oh, oh yeah, was, and, yeah. Uh, and Bad Blood. Oh, really? And He's played... Justice League vs. Teen Titans. He's played Nightwing in all of them. Wow. I wow. good consistency though. Although it's hard to he- thinking just I'm having just seen Firefly, it's hard to hear his voice and and think Dick Grayson. I mean, what would you think Dick Grayson would sound like? I I I don't know. You know another DC connection Sean Mayer has? He wasn't he uh an Arrow? Oh yes, you yeah. win the prize. <laughs> yeah, he played um I don't remember. He was in the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, tried to run, got his head exploded. There's always one every time they introduce the Suicide Squad. <laughs> there's always the so one guy who tries to run so that they can blow up his head so they can say, see, that's what happens. So you know that Amanda Waller's not messing around. Yeah, I can't think of what else he's been in, and I'm not really going to kill myself trying to find out. He did a great job as the Doctor. I quite liked him. And now, finally, now we're not even finally. No, we've still got like two people left two from more. the main cast. Holy cow. Okay. So Summer Glau as River Tam. Uh, Summer Glau, she seemed like for a while there, she was in every show. Yeah, for a while there, she was in a lot of places. I, I mean, like, I was seeing her everywhere. So she uh, she did Firefly as River. How old was River supposed to be, by the way? Oof. I thought 16. I thought 16, too, which made it seem very uneasy that she was naked in her transport container. Like that was it did a, strike me as a might odd. Yeah, like why would she have to be naked in the transport container? Couldn't she just have like Simon, couldn't you just like put a robe on her or something when she's in there? Or maybe like <laughs> put a robe in there with her? Maybe if there was that just seemed very strange that that she, she because do you think she's, you know, she's knocked out, right? So did she get naked uh, and then get knocked out and then go in the container? Did she get knocked out then he had to get her naked and put her in the container? Was she naked in the container and he just knocked her? It's I, I think he took, I think he, I think she was in the container naked in the facility and he broke her out and didn't have time to like you know 
get her clothes or anything like that. I think he had time to just like smuggle the box out. That makes the most sense. Sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that because that's like the, I don't I don't the, see out of him, all the scenarios like, the I've just presented, that's the, <laughs> right? that is the least creepy of all of them. Yeah. Uh, so she went on, uh, she was in the 4400, uh, almost right after Firefly. Then she went right from there to the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Then she went right from there to Dollhouse. Uh, she voiced Supergirl in, uh, one of the DC animated, uh, I'm looking it up because I can't remember. Batman Apocalypse. Superman Apocalypse, yeah. She was on the cape. <laughs> she was on the cape. That's right. You know, I've watched the cape. She had a bad run of luck on how many Fox shows she was in that were actually good shows that got canceled. Yes. The Cape was not one of them. Yeah, because no. The Cape was on NBC. <laughs> That's, yeah. That, I have, I've seen The Cape, and oh it is... God. Yeah, she was, uh, she was on Alphas. Hmm. Yeah, Isn't and that... she was on Arrow. She did a season on Arrow, season two, which is the best season. Yeah, she was the CEO who took the company over, right? Yep. And, um, yeah, and she was on Castle. She did a stint, uh, one episode on Castle. Of course she did. Because you have to now. It's Everybody uh, gets one. All right. And finally, uh, my favorite character from the show. Uh, one of the reasons why we will not be talking about the movie that shall not be named. We have Ron Glass as Shepard Book. Now, the thing that I think the really I, I liked about about Ron Glass and Shepard Book, the character, is that this is, I mean, this is basically somebody who's a, a I guess in the future, like, preacher slash missionary is just one thing, and they're shepherds, and so they basically, they train at a con- at a, a convent, I don't know what the right term, he mentioned it once, but I don't remember what he said, mm. and then they just, they go out, and they're just gonna go out and be preachers wherever they can find to be preachers, they don't really, you know, there's there's no really organization behind the religion, it didn't seem like in this, uh, in this universe, there was no analogy to the Catholic Church or anything like that, they just... I mean, but although I didn't, did you didn't notice that there was a lot of very religious people in this in this whole series? You know, that's a good point, and I didn't even think of it. I uh, I, I started to pick up on that when like there was there just seemed to be you know there was the the planet with the, our dear Mrs. Reynolds, and then they seemed to be very religious. Their their leader was I think they had a religious oligarchy because their leader seemed to be a uh, seemed to be a minister. There was the. Uh, the weird, overtly religious hill people that kidnapped Simon River. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it was uh, quite a few of them. So I guess the shepherds were out there, and I would imagine if you had crazy hill people out there kidnapping people, you'd want to send a few shepherds out their way anyway to just kind of remind them, like, hey, stop kidnapping and burning people. Is that all? Yeah. Well, I mean, start with that. Start there, and then you build <laughs> on that. But you lay, you got to lay that foundation first. Gotcha. Okay. This picture Shepherd book with like a spray bottle in the face just bad. Bad. A Stop. Bad person. Stop that. Stop kidnapping people. This is not hard. <laughs> I I, we, I can't I can't even do any of the other stuff because you keep kidnapping people. Um so anyway, and the also the the thing I really liked about him is it's very heavily implied though never fully explored in the series. And um, I think a comic book might have done it, but we're not really going to talk about that. Is he's obviously has some background to him. He knows a lot about crime, a lot about the underworld. Uh, didn't at one point he had, he had heard of one of the, uh, one of the characters they were dealing with. Uh, trying to think of the guy's uh, name. Nis- Niskin? Niski? The, the Russian guy. Yeah, the, 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 the Russian sadist guy. Niska. He had heard of Niska. Niska. So like, these guys only knew him by reputation, and then books like Niska, and he like, he talked as though he had first-hand experience with Niska. 
in the last episode when Jubal early knocks him out and he says like you knocked out a shepherd, he actually says that's no shepherd. Mm. And I remember when he got shot in the the Hill People episode and they took him to the Alliance facility. And as soon as they checked his ID, they fixed him right away and they said go, just go. Yeah. So there's there's something about him there that is just is something that we we don't know about, but it's it's a very nefariously implied past and. I feel like if the show had gone more than 13 episodes, we might have actually gotten to see it explored a little bit. But, unfortunately, uh, we never did. And it met its end. Yeah, and, and we never really got to... The, the character never got a, a fair shake after uh, Firefly ended. And uh, but So, most people know him from Firefly. He was also, of course, uh, very popular in Barney Miller. Yes, yes. Mom mom really loves that show. Yeah. A um, lot, of, lot of TV roles uh, through the 70s mm-hmm. and on. Yeah, I mean he's he's a phenomenally talented actor. I think he was. Uh, I never saw it, but I heard that he was in Agents of Shield. I might have seen what? like what, was he in the? I think he was in the pilot, so I maybe saw him. Was he one of the? I'm trying oh, to think who he okay. was. Was he one of the doctors that helped fix up? Yeah, that's right. He was. Um, he was in Agents of Shield. Here, he was one yeah. of the doctors that helped uh, fix up Coulson. You remember there was this conversation that Coulson or about Coulson when he left the room was like. Because he the thought he was, I've never seen this show. he thought he was in Tahiti and he wasn't in Tahiti, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, I'm. I'm now. I just remembered now who he played. So, uh, let me think if there was anything else that anyone would remember him from. He was in Fable Two. He was in Fable Two. And Rugrats. Rugrats. He played Loken in Star Trek Voyager. I never watched all of Voyager. Shame on you. No shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, family matters. He uh was he was in uh the Superman TV series, the cartoon. Yeah. He was the voice Teen. of a news anchor. Teen Angel? I've never seen Teen Angel. What the hell is that? I do remember his uh stint on Friends where he's like Ross's lawyer. No, I never saw that. <sighs> Unbelievable. Oh, what do you want from me? Anyway, so the the point is that he's been he's mostly known for Barney Miller and Firefly. Mm. And he's been in a ton of stuff. I mean, he was he was still in stuff like uh, as as recently as 2014. So there we go. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. All right. So now that we've gone for almost an hour and we've just now gotten through the main characters, we are just going to forego some of the other people. With with one brief exception, I do want to mention uh, Saffron, played by Christina Hendricks, who would then go on to become huge in Mad Men. Never saw it. Appreciate oh. the the work ethic. Okay then. <laughs> well, I was I was really thought that'd be a more impactful statement when I said it, but there we go. I'm sure our listeners will uh will be like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, she was in Mad Men, yeah, but she uh, I mean she was on uh, a couple of things. She I mean she's been on she was on MTV's Undressed. Uh, she had a short role in an Angel. Uh, she had a couple of appearances on ER and then a bunch of TV one-offs. Uh, even even Firefly ended up being a couple of one-offs, but I thought she was a she was a considerably good character. And then she did Mad Men for a while, and I'm trying to think if she's, she was in Zoolander two, Bad Santa two that just came out, and she's got a ton of stuff in pre-production, so still working, so good for her. All right, we're uh we're not going to talk about anybody else. I think we've we've done we can't talk about the cast so much. So what I thought would be fun, and I didn't prepare you for this at all because why would I? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and instead of trying to walk through all the different things that happen in the series, because I don't want to, what we're going to do is that we're each going to go around the circle once, and we're going to pick one episode, and we're going to talk about that episode 
for uh, a few minutes, and then we're going to finish up on, on the podcast. I have four, so this should be interesting. Okay. Well, you, you can only pick one, but I'll start with you since you're so eager. <laughs> All right. So, so Vernon, you get to pick. Which episode are we about to talk about? Um, our Mrs. Reynolds. Our Mrs. Reynolds. I'm glad. You might actually get another shot because this was going to be my pick. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Our Mrs. Reynolds. I love this episode. I've having seen this series more than once, uh, you know, probably we're going on like five or six times. I still laugh at the jokes in our Mrs. Reynolds. It's very well done. It it shows for Christina Hendricks, it shows her range of, of the characters that she can play because she has to play like Saffron as, you know, a very dark and sadistic character. But then she still has to play like the, the young subservient, naive I mean, she's got to she's got to do the whole range. Yeah. So credit to her. It was a it was a really good Mal and Inara episode in terms of driving their story, and it was also the first appearance of Vera. Ah, yes, trading the trading the gun for. <laughs> <laughs> she has a name. So does this. I call it Vera. <laughs> Jane is so loving with the with that gun. It's just the way he looks at it. I call it Vera. He's just in love with it. Yeah. This was also the episode we learned about the special hell. I just like how the the entire crew is giving him crap for this, uh, just you know, being married and everything like that, which she probably didn't even mean to do. It's you know, for yeah. for what I remember, it was the uh, it was like just their ritual. Like he places a she places a wreath on his head and he drinks like, from a bowl, and then they dance and hold hands, and that's the marriage ceremony of that culture. Uh, I, yeah, the the various reactions were you know like Kaylee is legitimately happy for him. <laughs> Zoe and Wash think it's hilarious. The doctor's response is, uh, congratulations? <laughs> Jane is all like, all I got was that dumb stick. <laughs> and, and then, you know, Inara is, is just disgusted because, again, it was, a, it was a very character moving episode, and that's where we find out that. I think this was the first episode they really pushed the Inara Mal pairing. Well, uh, I mean, I we, because in, sh- in Shindig, we've, we, we found out about sort of how Mal feels about her, but this is, I felt this was sort of the first time we really established that it was a it was the, it was a mutual feeling. She reciprocated them. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, I was gonna say Shindig, and then that that's a great point. Yeah. So she's more jealous here than anything else. Right, and she's she's definitely more jealous. This is also where she kisses him and also gets the 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 long what they call it the good night kiss. Yeah. I was about to call it the long kiss good night, but I think that's a movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, but yeah, that's where he gets the good night kiss. Of course, he got the good night kiss. Cause Saffron was. Saffron laid it on really thick, and... Goose, you want to take this one? (laughs) (laughs) I I immediately regret that phrasing. Um, uh, Just to point out, though, because I looked it up, uh, that Bible verse that she quotes when she's in, in Mal's... Uh, in Mal's quarters there, that's not real. And I prefer to think I mean, of it I as, I prefer to think of it as Saffron would have known that he probably didn't know the Bible well enough to call her on it, so she just made something up to try to, uh, to try to seduce him. And that seems kind of weird, being that he was a devout religious person. That, that but, does. I mean, like, you could definitely say, like, well, maybe we don't know. Maybe Mal didn't really know his Bible from before. Or maybe Mal was not really trying to cross-reference what she was saying with the Bible. 
given the situation. Yeah, he was, he was he was distracted, we'll say. He was uh understandably distracted. And then and even then, I mean, he tries so hard, but uh then he kisses her and then he has that horrible realization where doesn't he even say like I'm going to the special hell. <laughs> <laughs> Which it was, I, it was, it's fun to hear him say because you got to remember this is the character who doesn't believe it, but he he does it, and immediately the guilt hits him like, oh no. And Shepard laid it on thick, which was hilarious too, you know. And he tells him about, it, he's like, why does everyone assume I'm going to do it? And he's like, all right, my mistake. And he leaves, and Book turns his head right around the corner one last time to say, "Special hell." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, great performances all around. Yeah, it was it was a wonderful episode, and and Vera gets to do her job, and then and we I you never I didn't realize this before, but so Mal like he tracks down Saffron. I'm gonna call her Saffron because we never do actually learn her real name, and he ends up decides he's not gonna kill her, and he punches her out, which, which I mean you have to do because this is a character who would shoot you in the back if you tried to walk away. You, you're not going to kill her. you got to at least incapacitate her. Does he turn her in to anybody, or does he just... Is that it? Does he literally just walk away? I think he just left her there. Well, it seems like know. you're just asking for trouble. And given that she shows up later, uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's potential for more storylines. I suppose, yeah. Because this is a character you definitely want to have back over and over again for multiple appearances in the... Oh, it got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no oh, yeah alright so good episode alright uh, Goose you get to pick an episode what, what are we going to talk about now I gotta go with Jamestown <laughs> I hate this episode so much <laughs> honestly I do too to a point but there's actually the only thing that redeems it for me is there's one moment right toward the end when they're back on the ship and Jane is like thinking about what all has happened. And he asks, he's talking to Reynolds and he tells him, he says, why did that guy sacrifice himself for me? And Malcolm gives him this really good speech about how it's not about you. It's about the fact that the people needed a hero and you were the guy they picked. Yeah. And it was a really good character moment between the two of them. That I feel like really made it a solid episode. Up until then, I wasn't so much sold. I I very much disliked the... Uh, <laughs> this, this is sad, because this is my favorite character, mind you. I really disliked all of the River Shepherd moments. Like, it, it, it really seemed like those would have been better placed in some sort of 90s sitcom than in, you know, a science fiction space adventure. Yeah, like, I completely agree Oh, no, that. the hair is so big. Oh, look at me. I'm going to tear these pages out. Oh, I won't let go. Like, it, it was just... <laughs> It was so just out of place for the, for the show, and then the idea that the you know Jane was a superhero there, and everyone's laughing about it, but like he can't figure out why he could possibly be considered like, and he's not offering any explanation. Like once you find out you're the local hero, don't you just want to? All right, so here's what happened. But he's just like, I don't know, Mal. I don't know. And you're like, you are, are an idiot. And why if would I could speak? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I, I really disliked this this whole episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I would like to go back to the river book kind of scene and just say that it's kind of juvenile, but doesn't it fit for a child? I I suppose that you know she's she's mentally has not been allowed to progress outside of a little girl, but I don't. What about what about when she's running from his hair? I don't know. I mean, she is pretty, you know, damaged psychologically. But she screamed. You know, it's... <laughs> and and when she's bringing the pages of his Bible back, she specifically says, I tore these out of your symbol and they just turned to paper or something like that. I mean, it was... It, I No. It was, it was just... I didn't like it. It just seemed like 
it, it was like a 90s sitcom. That's the best way I can describe it. And I was not a fan. Like, the whole... The whole thing was like one of those zany mix-ups, like, uh-oh, Jane's a hero here. Oh, boy. I mean, the only joke I think that actually stuck in that episode is when the the, the doctor finally cursed when he saw the statue of Jane. <laughs> Although I thought, didn't he curse in Chinese at some point before this episode? I think they've all cursed in Chinese. Yeah, because they all point. curse in Chinese. Well, the idea, I guess, is that um, in this futuristic world is that the U.S. and China have kind of merged as one giant superpower, and they were the ones behind the uh, the expansion into space. So most everybody uh, reads and speaks both Mandarin Chinese and English. Which is a pretty cool concept. I can see that like being a thing. Oh yeah, I I, I like I like how it how it works and it, it creates a, a decent amount of lore and backstory and it's a good way to get away with using stronger language than than you actually have because you don't want to be like Battlestar Galactica where you make up new curse words. Although they did and I did have to hear them talk about all those Goram new words all the time, but it's freaking ridiculous. Yeah, you know, not shiny at all, quite <laughs> frankly. I like shiny. I only like shiny when Kaylee says it. Yeah, she's got I an upward inflection. Yeah. Got a little upward upward inflection with yeah. it. It's nice. Yeah. All right. I mean, did you did you really like Janestown? Mm-mm, no, not really. God no. Okay. So you really just brought it up just to make us talk about that awful episode? <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I brought it up because I, I, I assumed you would agree with me on it, and I really just wanted to hear you tear it down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, this was... You know, the funny thing is, like, I've heard people say this was their favorite episode. And I, I'm i not one of those people who likes to criticize somebody's personal taste. But this is one of those times where somebody says, my favorite episode is Janestown. And I look him in the eyes and say, no, it isn't. You're wrong. You are right, mistaken. Yeah. Pick a new one. Oh, what a weak episode. Ugh. All right, now it's to me. So I was going to pick Our Mrs. Reynolds because I really love that episode. And so since Vernon already picked it, Vernon, I'll let you pick another one. Oh, um, you don't have a list? Why would I have a list? I don't prep there's for these shows. There's 13 episodes, Everybody, Craig. <laughs> actually, I think there's 14. I think I've said 13, but I'm looking at the list in front of me right now, and it says 14. Unless, you know unless darn one, right. one of these didn't air. I don't know. Whatever. It's a small um, number. <laughs> um, but uh, out of gas. Out of Gas. Um, actually, I liked Out of Gas. Yes. Yeah, no, I didn't have anything else to say. I, just, <laughs> I liked Out of Gas. It was a nice... I agree. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, you know, I like the flashbacks of, like, you mm-hmm. know, him recruiting his crew, which are essentially his family now, yeah. onto what essentially is his home. Um, you know, he right. just wanted to, you know, go about his way and find his own little slice of heaven and just do what he just do what he wants. And so not looking to, you know, take anything from anybody. He's just looking to, you know, go his own way. And so, like, you know, when we go through and it cuts back and forth between, you know, him being injured and having to run in with, like, these jerks who don't give him a a ship part and try to take over the ship instead and shoot him, um, you know, and then he tries to, like, actually fix the ship, um, you know, it it cuts back and everything like that. And he's going to do whatever he can to not only protect his family, but protect his home. Yeah. And so I I thought that was a really nice, nice thing. I I appreciate because we, you know, we get sort of the origin story of of Simon and River. And all right, so we don't really get a good origin story for Shepard, but we at least learn how Shepard comes aboard the ship. Uh, But I mean, we just... 
we know Zoe and Mal knew each other from the war because Zoe was uh, was working for him during the war. So we, we understand why they're together. But Wash and Jane and Inara, we were just kind of handed them in the pilot and said, all right, they're now on the crew. And we never really get to learn. And Kaylee. And, you know, we never really get to learn how they got there. And so I think it was an important episode. And like I said, I used to not like this episode because uh, the, uh, the how Kaylee got the job uh kind of bothered me a little bit but then i have since just sort of grown up i guess i should say because now when i watch i'm like well i it doesn't bother me in the slightest bit congratulations kaylee <laughs> fair enough well, that was a bit but didn't we learn, um i we we learned how shepherd book came on the ship because that was in the pilot yeah i'm saying we never really got a good backstory in terms of how he became a shepherd gotcha yeah and i i bet there was probably some really really good good stuff that was going to come from that too like people from his past were going to show up and i bet that would have been really riveting television Mm -hmm. all right you know what i'm feeling generous let's we got enough time let's go around the room again uh vernon we're back to you um objects in space oh was that the one with jubal early yes it was i i love this character i thought he was a lot of fun uh in my head since you know that this was the last episode of the show uh he doesn't just end up floating through space he gets out of that somehow yeah, I'm pretty sure he's got like a signal on him or something. Yeah, but I mean, it does. I mean, it does end. The last thing you see in the series of Firefly is him just floating in space, saying, "Well, here I am." <laughs> yeah, I can imagine him getting out of that. Yeah, I would like to think. I mean, he was a he is a very menacing character. For like, they try to play him like he's like he's charming and he's intellectual, but like, I mean, he is he's a sadistic character with the stuff that he threatens to do to people. And, um, just the, the idea that he manipulates people and he is, he's an awful, awful character, but he, he is played so brilliantly in this by Richard Brooks, uh, that he's just a character that you kind of wanted to see these, these guys go against again and again and again. <laughs> Sadly again. enough, that never actually happened. And I didn't actually know this until I was researching for Hero Talk, but he was named after a Confederate Civil War general. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, so he was named after a, a General Jubal Anderson Early, who apparently has some very distant relation to Nathan Fillion. Hmm. But yeah, this was this was a good episode. Not a good last episode, but um, it was fun. And this is this is the episode where we get to see River, you know, do something of a significant importance besides be crazy. Well, she she did pretty well, and it alluded to actually her. There's a couple of times in the series where, like, you know, it alludes to her having, like, she, actually being a genius, however, you know, with momentary momentary fits of insanity. And this was one of them. This was one of those episodes. Yes. Yes, it was. All right. Uh, Goose, you're up next. Uh, what episode do you want to talk about? I got to go with the pilot of Serenity. The pilot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Serenity does a good job. If this is the first episode that was on TV, uh, the show might have been able to pick up a little bit more of a following because it's a lot less confusing than the train job. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, it also is the episode that establishes the Reavers, who um, we end up seeing bits and pieces of Reavers, although not so much towards the later parts. I think... We see their, well, excuse me. We see their ship in this episode, and then we see what they did to a ship in, uh, Bushwhacked. Do they show up again after that? Do we ever see or hear from them? Not in the show. No, that's right. So this was, they were only seen twice, ever. Only seen twice. But, uh, and this also, so there was a scene with the Reavers, and, and this is what I just remember, is that when they thought the Reavers were going to come on board, and Inara grabbed a syringe, and we never find out what's in the syringe. 
We can kind of take a guess. Yeah, I've I have heard. I can't confirm any of this. I've only heard through sort of some other people on other podcasts, very very similar to mine, where they just make stuff up. That uh, <laughs> that that was a syringe that uh, most companions have, where uh, they would inject it, and then anybody who they were with would uh, be killed by them during the course of normal companion activities. Jeez. Yeah. We need to end on a happier note, so we're going to bring it back to me and uh, trying to think what a nice, happy episode was that we could talk about. Um, Shindig? Yeah, Shindig was a fun one. I like Shindig. Very fun. That was the one where Kaylee got to got to be the life of the party. You know, where all the little girls were all like, oh, well, you should see to your girl, your dress looks store-bought. And then the the one older gentleman who was nice, like, basically makes some snide comment to her, and then everyone's talking to Kaylee about engines. Yeah. And at one point, the guy's like, uh, Miss Kaylee, would you mind? They're like, oh, no, no, let her talk. Let her talk. <laughs> But yeah, she's got this huge group around. Yeah, and she's just talking about engines and, and like the guy's like, "What about this model?" She's like, "Oh, that model, that's terrible. They just put some extenders on it. One of those shears off, and you're done." It was great. Uh, it was it was very pivotal <laughs> Kaylee moment, and I really liked I liked the episode for that. And it also it had a lot of good Mal character development in it. Oh uh, yeah, fighting for Inara's honor. Yeah, or really fighting for. His, I mean, it was it was nominally fighting for her honor, but he was doing it for himself. You think so? Well, I, I mean, it wasn't like he was doing it just for himself. It was he was presented for what was nominally the first time ever with her with a client. And because of that, he it, it kind of it sent him in into such a, a spiral that, you know, he ends up trying to find an excuse to knock the guy out. But I don't think it was so much because of Inara's honor as he just wanted to hit the guy to say something bad about Inara so he could feel justified in hitting him because he was jealous that she was with him. And this was the first time he'd actually seen that happen. Hmm. That was right. my take. Well, he, do, he does say, you know, because cause she's like, well, you know, you've, you've always called me a whore and this, that and the other. And he's like, well, I don't like your profession, but he insulted you. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, I... I think it's it's well open for interpretation. I don't think there's one right answer here. This isn't like Janestown where I can look you in the eye and say, No, Vernon, you're wrong. <laughs> I didn't play Janestown. <laughs> no, Vernon, you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Um, that was a good episode. Uh, one more. Let's. I guess we're just going to talk about. We're 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 going through them so fast. We could probably hit just a, a couple more, but we're not going to go around the room. I'm just going to handpick them now. Uh, Ariel, I thought, was a really good episode in that, and I think Ariel was the first time we really got to see, like, Alliance space. Like, they they were straight up in an Alliance city. Yeah, and that was really, for me, that was tense. Yeah, uh, it, it, it it was a great moment in terms of, of Jane, too, because didn't, didn't the start of that episode, isn't that where River, like, sliced Jane in the chest for absolutely yeah. no reason at all? Which would make me a little angry, too, if we're being perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could understand being angry over that. Yeah, and that's when Jane decides to sell them out, and then when he figures out that they aren't going to give him the reward, they're just going to arrest him too, so the other guy can get the reward. He helps them escape, and in doing so, they think he's he's the hero, but then then Mal figures it out, and so there was this really really important Jane moment in there when Mal was just going to let Jane die because like you don't just take out other members of the crew because you think it's good for you, so he was going to let him burn when they uh, when they left the uh, the atmosphere which is a I imagine an awful way to die but it probably is one of the cleaner ways to kill somebody if you're going to do it in space yeah 
And yeah. it was when Jane, like the the big thing is when Jane says, you know, what are you going to tell him? He's like, well, don't don't tell him what I did. Make something up. And that's about the closest we ever get from Jane actually showing remorse for some of the awful things he does. And that ends up being the moment where Mal decides not to kill him, but to actually let him live. That's where he decides he's he's he can be saved. He, you know, he can he can redeem himself of of these actions. So that was a really really big Jane moment right there. Well, you know, it seems like Mal should have been watching him the entire time, though. Well, Mal is not a very good captain, Vernon. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> he's just I mean, not. Just... They try to play him like he is, but he's really not. I know, I know. Just like you know, Jane even says it in the in the pilot is that you know the the reward wasn't enough money to sell you out. Yeah, I mean Jane. I mean we we see it in Out of Gas that the only reason he has Jane is because he straight up offered him more money on the spot and a job where Jane was the muscle. You, you know the guy is only loyal yeah. to money. That's why he's loyal to you. Although also the in Out of Gas though Jane apparently was very instrumental in trying to get the ship turned around to come back for Mal. So yeah, there you go. There's another character moment for him. Yeah, so another good character moment for him. Oh, that's a good one. I think maybe maybe one more. Oh, you know another episode I actually also really liked was was Heart of Gold. Is that Th- that was the one with where... the uh, where there was the uh, the brothel on the remote planet where it was one of Anara's friends and yeah. the uh, the local I think he was a sheriff or somebody was. Uh, was trying to raid it because he wanted uh, the woman's baby who he had impregnated. Mm-hmm. I was just, it, it was a really, it's a good episode in that, you know, it, it they, they had to make the plan, and it was just a really good David versus Goliath episode. It had great character moments, uh, including at one point, I think it was Kaylee who, you know, was asked, Wash, am I pretty? And he says, you're pretty. And she says, or I think he said, if I were, were I not married, I would take you in a manly fashion. Then she asked, because I'm pretty? <laughs> and he says, yes, because you're pretty. Yeah. Well, that's kind of sweet, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, as sweet, as sweet as you can get. It was, it was, it was a very nice Wash Kaylee moment. Um, and I think Wash Kaylee moments were my favorite moments of of the show. So that was, it was a nice one to have there, and it was a good character moment for both Mal and for Inara. When you see like Mal kind of start to come to terms with the fact that he can't be with Inara, and he finds himself having feelings for this other person, and then Inara has to deal with that for the first time that she hasn't had to see or deal with. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was, I mean, that was huge, and you just see Inara. Be- as as she tries to play like she doesn't feel anything and then has to, you know, eventually go on to feel something and and then Mal finds out about her feelings from her friend and then, you know, her friend unfortunately dies in, in the encounter. And but I mean it's I, I just thought it was a really good moment with a lot of a good good character pieces in it and a lot of sweet moments and uh, once again you have a villain that I don't mind getting blasted apart a little bit and so it was fun to see that happen. Yeah. Nice episode. Very nice. It was. It was a nice episode. That, I think, I would have appreciated more as being the last episode. If, you know, maybe you could have put that in, but then Objects in Space ended up being one of the last episodes. Which is still a good episode, but not really a good last episode. Not that, you know, any of these were really set up to be a finale, but... Yeah. I mean, in your head, you could, you know, or if you wanted to, like, burn them to... To, to Blu-ray or DVD, you could totally rearrange the episode order. That's that's too much effort. I hey. don't feel like doing that. <laughs> People create fan fiction for less. How do you think Fifty Shades of Grey started? Oh, that's right. Wasn't that Twilight fan fiction? It was Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. We need that syringe again. Mm, nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Moving on. Uh, trash. I don't want to talk about trash. It was a nice Saffron episode. I like the Saffron episodes, but I mean, in terms of what was going on, it was 
Other than just to get to meet somebody else that she's messed with. Isn't that one where the where Mal is like naked on a planet? Yes, Mal is naked. Okay. He didn't seem to mind all that much, honestly. And probably because he knew people were coming for him. Yeah. It's like I'll just hang out. I'll just hang out naked. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, I think now is the time on Hero Talk we can talk about what our favorite parts of Firefly were. And Vernon, since I've been starting with you all episode long, might as well keep going. Vernon, what was your favorite part of Firefly? Um, I think it is in Out of Gas when um, I think it's Zoe that gets hurt and Wash is really distraught and Mal's trying to like rein him in and. I think they're arguing about something in terms of like a distress beacon or something, and they come to the same place at the same time. And like, but Wash is arguing, and he's like, "Oh, well, maybe I'll just do that." Oh yeah, because like, yeah, there was there was like, you well, should. "Can't you put it in a navigation message?" Like, but even if I did, they wouldn't be able to read it. All it would do was jam up their navigation system until they finally decoded it and read it. Maybe I'll go do that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so right. That was, my, that was my favorite part. No, that was a, that was a good moment. All right, uh, Goose, what was your favorite part of Firefly? I think my favorite part would have to be, and we even talked about what episode it was, but I've forgotten the number. It's um, Shepherd Book and the Special Hell. And the Special that Hell are Mrs. That Reynolds. Conversa- yeah. That whole conversation that was just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's easily it's easily my favorite book moment. Mm-hmm. You know what, Goose? I'm taking yours because that was that's my favorite moment, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to try to think of another one because that. That is easily the best moment of the entire series is Shepherd Book and the Special Hell. <laughs> it is, uh, it's, I, it's, it's the best episode of the series by far, the best episode. And just to have, you know, it's the first appearance of Vera, so you have all kinds of good things going on, the first appearance of Saffron, and then to have this awesome moment of the Special Hell is, it's just, it's the pinnacle of the show right there. And it's it's my favorite moment from Book, who's my favorite character on the show, in my favorite episode. That's I, There's nothing else I could have picked. That is it. It's it's the special hell. All right, so I guess now we have to give the show a rating. Understanding shows don't typically get ratings, but that's okay, because review scores are dumb and they don't matter. So we can do whatever we want. So, Vernon, let's go with you. What would you rate Firefly? I would give it three Veras. Three Veras. No scale, no out of anything, just three Veras, just in general. Three Veras out of four saffrons. Out of four saffrons. I think I think that's that's more than fair, honestly. All right, Goose, what would you give Firefly? I would give Firefly shiny. You're gonna give it shiny, and I'm gonna give Firefly big damn heroes. <laughs> All right, so I I think it's safe to say we like Firefly. Uh, I it's a shame. It is it's truly a testament to how little TV executives know about what is actually good, that you can have a show like this with a strong following, with with a loyal fan base that is still loyal to this day. And they just, they totally, they lost the bubble on this one. They completely had no idea what they had, and they let it go. I just dropped another Frozen reference. They couldn't hold it back anymore. No. And unfortunately, for now, the past is in the past. It's one of those shows where... When I first watched it, and, you know, I, I stop, I finally finished watching Objects in Space, and that's when you realize that was the last DVD. Like, I'm going to send that to Blockbuster, and I'm not going to get another one. And and, <laughs> and you see, <laughs> it's still funny to think about. <laughs> Blockbuster.com. Oh, so sad. Rest in peace, Blockbuster. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's just it still makes me a little bit upset to think about when like it was so good and I enjoyed it so much and it, there's just there's there wasn't going to be any more. It was it was done. And then the movie that shall not be named came out and it did the things it did and I got angry at it. And I thought incredibly angry. Yeah, like this is what you did? This is what you did with this thing? You no, no. Can we do can we just agree to do a Serenity podcast at some point? Ah. Uh... Uh, fine. We'll we gotta do... talk about it. You you have to get it out. I, I'm just afraid of Serenity it's gonna Podcast. Be Iron Man 3 all over yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be me yelling in the microphone for 90 minutes about how awful that movie is and everyone just kind of trying to get a word in edgewise and they can't do it. It's okay. We'll we'll come in with, like, I guess, trigger words or something. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I mean, we'll have to talk about Serenity because we've done Firefly. And I know that's next, but I really, really dislike what they did with these characters in Serenity. Um, one thing that we, we really ought to mention, at least briefly before we actually conclude the podcast, is uh, they built, like, they actually built that ship. Oh, the whole thing? Yeah. Nice. You know, like, when because they show you these internal shots, and they straight up go from, like, room to room to room to room. That was an actually built thing that they had set up when they... And I don't know how much of it was, like, truly working in terms of, like, you know, when... Because I know Mal had, like, a sink in his... I don't know if the sink was actually hooked up to water, if they just did it for that one scene. Incidentally, mm-hmm. did you notice that Mal did not use soap when he washed his hands? You don't need soap in the future. No, you still need soap. You don't need soap in the future. I'm pretty sure you do. <sighs> well, then... we will have to agree to disagree yeah. on and, the and future. The sink yeah, actually it's... just fits out Purell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's, uh, the, you know, the other thing about, and I, I point this out for most of these space shows, but they're all talking about, like, the supplies when they have to go out and in, in for long periods of time. But I don't think they, they quite have a good grasp in terms of the people who, like, create the models for these ships and who come up with the lore. I don't think they truly appreciate how much water people need over a period of time like that. And just how many gallons per day that each member of the crew would be using, just on average, just for things like going to the bathroom, for things like washing your hands, for drinks, for making food, that there didn't seem to be anywhere on that ship where they had enough water storage for as long as they were going to be going out on the ship. And it's just, it's always overlooked. I'm it, I'm not going to hold it against uh, Serenity or uh, Firefly, I, I, not the ship Serenity. I was going to say not the movie, but I'm not going to hold it against Serenity for not being especially designed to lay out for that because it's something that most people don't think about, and it's not nearly as overt as some other sci-fi uh, properties have done. But it's just something I I continually point out is it, and this was no different, is that. There was no place for the amount of water they would actually need to do what they do. Never thought about it. Well, that's what I think about. Is where, where do they keep all the water they need? And another thing, and I don't, I don't know. <laughs> sorry, I don't know if this bothered you guys as much, or maybe it's just because we've already established that I try to like think of the technical specs of these ships when they when they give them to me, even though like obviously they're made up. But this is the sort of thing I think about is when when Serenity docks with something. It docks upside down, almost, you know? Like, they always kind of show it docking upside down. Like, and it's like there's this universal, it, it, it almost seems like there's a universal port that would be the size of Serenity's cargo hold door where most things could dock. And as I was watching Serenity dock with different vessels, it made me wonder, well, what side is up? Like, if a Firefly class vessel docked with another Firefly class vessel, 
how would they move between each other? Because which way would be up? Because they never really address that in the show. Everyone just kind of seems to be already standing, you know, in the normal up. And their gravity is the same as Serenity's. And they move up between the two of them freely as though it was just an open passageway. But if you think about it, if two fireflies docked with each other, there would be two different relative ups for, in terms of gravity. So would they be able to just move between each other? Could they, could they just open the doors and walk between them like that? Or would it be this, this, weird, this weird interim like in between the, the two bulkheads where you would have to walk along the wall and reposition yourself for a different up and down? Two things with that. Okay. I think ultimately they'd have to scissor, um, and that there would be some weird, uh, some weird like walk on the wall or like turn off the gravity and float between the entrances. Um, and two, you've thought way too much about this. <laughs> it it bothers me every time I see Serenity dock with anything. It really does. Yeah, I guess they can't just pull up to the side of it. Like, it, I mean, it's. I don't know. Where do they keep the water? How do they dock? I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. I I apologize. That's that's maybe in my brain here. <laughs> that's maybe more thought. All right. Now is the time on Hero Talk for final thoughts, and we'll again start with you, Vernon. Final thoughts. Um, I'm not sure when this episode will be up, but uh, during the new year, uh, we're you know I'm going to be doing some some new intros and everything like that for my videos. So take a look out for that. And uh, be sure to, you know, check us out on Facebook, Twitter. Check out our main website. We're awesome. Thanks for listening. All right. That's nice. Goose, final thoughts. I'd like to leave the Hero Talk audience with a quote from a great American, Jerry Springer. (laughs) (laughs) Be good to yourselves and each other. All right. Um, Now it's time for my final thought. Um, Screw Serenity. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've got to say about that. Screw Serenity and Joss Whedon. Screw you. You know what you did. Uh, Come on. All right. Uh, (laughs) Vernon, Goose, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right. If you want to check out more of our content, including our sister podcasts, Point Streak and Behind the Line Radio, go to Enthusiacs.com. You can also see videos, reviews, uh, Let's Plays, and interviews. For any of our video content, we are on YouTube. Just search for Enthusiacs. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And until next time, this is Judge Greg saying, I don't care. I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. Or, like, uh, anyway, I don't know. I don't even like that final thought. I want to record a new one. (laughs) Okay. All right, now it's time for my final thought. Shut up. (laughs) I didn't like it. It was just, it was rambling. It made no sense. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, All right, I got it. I got it.